The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello. Hello. Do you know it, Lynn? It's good to see all my friends. I've thought we were contemporaries. However, your music choices of late are reminding me that I am a little bit younger than you. This one, actually, you would not know, but it is one of the great female rock bands in my life. Not called Indigo Girls. Antigone Rising. Okay. They're amazing. Yeah. Hello. That's from the ground up, that album. To all our dope village, go check them out. It's an all-female rock band. They're amazing. We used to listen to them a ton when I was playing on the national team. All in my attempt just to say hello to people off the top of the podcast. You're doing great, Jules. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Fowdy. She's Lynn Ozawi. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Jules. We had a big moment recently, didn't we? Because... Party people, we had our first in-person interview since March of bloody 2020. <laughs> we did a live podcast at the ESPNW Women in Sports Summit. We've done a few of those over the years. This one was in lovely Tory Pines in San Diego. So good to actually be around people again, which was fun. And they're always fun. And to get to do a podcast live. Our guests for this one are the A-team, as in April Ross and Alex Kleinman. They are, if you don't know this already, you should. If you were around this summer, you saw them win Olympic gold uh, in beach volleyball, where they absolutely rocked it in Tokyo. April also played and won two national championships during her time at the University of Southern California. This was her third Olympics. She won silver in 2012, bronze in Rio, but this was the first Olympics with her partner, Alex Kleinman. And Alex was an All-American at the fine institution of Stanford University, made her transition to beach after having played many years with the U.S. indoor volleyball team. But beach volleyball was how she would get to her first Olympics in Tokyo, and I'd say a pretty decent start to her Olympic career. One Olympics, one gold. Check. Thank you very much. Lots to chat about. And this was actually their first break since the Olympics. So we decided to celebrate, as all should, with a champagne toast. So get comfortable listening. It's April and Alex. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. and. Honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. 
And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. We're smiling so bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling all right, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Um, we discovered in talking to them in our pre-call, you know, usually after an Olympics, the rhythm is, is you, you win the Olympics and then you hopefully win the Olympics in your case, you do, you win the Olympics and then you take a break, right? And you have some time off. Well, these two went on to play in three AVP tournaments. Uh, they just literally got home from Italy playing in a tournament there as well. So. We've discovered this is their first break. Uh, so we wanted to celebrate that. Should we have a little champagne to celebrate that? Do yes. Oh, yes, we have some champagne. Let's have a little. And it, it does feel a little selfish just for us to have champagne. So can we serve it to everyone? Oh, yeah, we can. Here they come. Look at this. Thank you. We got champagne for everyone. Let's go. What we always do to start the podcast is we set the scene. Can you set the scene where we are? How's it looking? Yeah, we are at the Lodge of Torrey Pines at the ESPNW Summit. Very honored to be here. Um, yeah, just got back from Italy on a high. We got a bronze medal there, and now we finally get to um, enjoy and celebrate our gold medal. But it's just been a whirlwind home for two days, gone for a week, and um, yeah, so excited to be here and celebrate with all of you. And Alex just literally got back last night. Where were you, Alex? Yeah, After I uh, just stayed over in Europe for an extra week, and I went to Paris with my mom and sister, so it was a really tough trip. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but it was an amazing way to kind of celebrate being done for the year, and being here to talk about it and celebrate with you guys is really fun, too. Yes. Well, we're thrilled you're here. Should we have a cheer? Okay. To the A team, put your glasses together. Alex and April. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for being here. Yep. This is how you start it. Start that break. This is my kind of podcast. I, know. I feel like every <laughs> podcast should start like this. Full hair and makeup and champagne. Yes. We brought donuts as well. You want we do have donuts. We already had one. Oh, you did? Yeah, is like, donuts and champagne a um, common pairing? Yeah. It's it is it? Together. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything goes with donuts. You know that. Um, we, we, when we used to do them live and in person, we would always bring donuts yep. because I have a problem. First step is admitting it, and I have a donut problem. So we used to have donuts live all the time, but now we haven't been doing them live, so we don't have donuts. So we're bringing them back. I like the tradition. Uh, I am fascinated in the whole partnership process with beach volleyball. 
um, because you are spending so much time with your partner and it's a decision that's huge as we know. So we kind of equated it to like blind dating. I don't know if that's right, but how did you guys become a team? Let's go back. Well, I mean, it, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it, it is a lot like dating. I don't know if I'd say blind dating, but definitely dating. It's almost like you have an app because you know everybody in the beach volleyball world. So you kind of like have this app in your head and you're swiping and you're like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> you know, is this person a good match? Is this like, person oh no, a good match? She plays on the left and I play on the left. So like that won't work. Yeah, she's a blocker. I'm a defender. So okay, maybe. And then, um, yeah, you get, you narrow it down and then you text everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See who else might be interested in sometimes you. Sometimes you break up in person, sometimes you break up over the phone, sometimes you break up via text, so. Does everyone have each other's phone number? Pretty much. And it's if you, really easy to yeah, get. Yeah, if you don't have it, you can ask somebody for it. Yeah, so. It's, it's a little incestuous too, you know, people are going behind other people's backs yeah. and. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so where did you actually ask Alex to be your partner? That was a that was a process. It was actually like going on like The Bachelorette or something because <laughs> I was trying out with other alongside. Well, not alongside, but who's the who's the bachelor? Well, bachelor. You were the one, and you're like handing out the roses. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so you know, I think she tried out a few other partners and kind of trained for a few days at a time with each person. So I knew that I was one of a few, and I was you know, hoping and waiting to be selected. <laughs> but even before that, I knew I needed a partner. I want, I had, you know, I had this goal of still getting a gold medal. I had tried twice and um, still wanted to go after it. And there were a couple of options for me as partners. And um, I could have picked a couple people with, you know, plenty of points to get right into the main draw of tournaments and, you know, kind of do well right away. but. I just thought, you know, four, four years down the road, uh, I wanted somebody who I thought I could win a gold medal with. And Alex had just come out from indoor. And she was this tall 6'5 girl, just kind of looking like Bambi on ice in the sand and trying to make her way. And I had my eye on her and everybody's like, oh, did you hear Alex is out on the sand? And um, so I watched a little bit and then, you know, it was, there was a potential there. And I saw her at Stagecoach. Like we have mutual groups of friends and we both were at Stagecoach and everybody was hanging out together and I saw Alex over there and I'm like, okay, you know, we had a couple drinks and my, you know, <laughs> filter wasn't as solid as it is normally. I'm like, I'm gonna go over there and plant the seed just so she knows I'm thinking about her. And she has a different kind of take on it than I do, but. Yeah, I remember like she came up and she was like, yeah, so you're playing beach yet now? And I was like, yeah, I am. And she's like, well, you know, I'm gonna need a partner for Tokyo. And she just looked at me and I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. And she's like, no, no, like get better first. Like, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like, and I, I mean, she was right. I just started playing beach volleyball. I was very raw, very much a work in progress. So it, it's not, it sounds maybe mean, but it wasn't mean. And so I was like, okay, yeah. And I remember being really excited because at the time I was kind of just bouncing around between partners and coaches and, you know, didn't really have any success on the beach yet. And I remember the next morning, like telling my friends, like, yeah, I like, ran into April and she's like, asked me about playing together. And I was like, did I remember this correctly? Did I have too many drinks? Like what, what happened? And um, so that kind of planted the seed. And I remember going back home and being just so motivated because I knew that 
if I, you know, got better, like she told me, <laughs> that maybe there would be a chance that we could play together. And so it wasn't until a few months later that um, I think, you know, after season. You, you were like dangling that carrot, were <laughs> yeah. you, April? You're like, yeah, you got this. Well, I think it speaks to who Alex is as a person. Number one, that she wasn't offended by that. And number two, that like she went back and she saw that this could be a reality and she worked even harder and, um, you know, got as good as she could. And um, yeah, we transition from indoor volleyball to beach volleyball is not an easy one. It's not, it's really not easy. And if you look at Alex's story, it's um, deceiving because she got good so fast. And a lot of people try to make the same transition that she did. And it doesn't work out, you know, probably 85% of the time and ne never, really? as, never wow. as well as Alex has. It definitely has. seems like being a former indoor player and I remember watching Beach and I was like, oh, there's so much open court, it's so easy to score. You know, it just seems easy. And I don't think that from the outside, people realize just you know how hard it is to move in the sand and to take into account for the wind and all these different things. And so I remember just being like, oh yeah, like I've, I've got this kind of in my head. And it was really humbling in the beginning because I was so bad and it was so much harder than I thought. And I think you know it's a tribute to all the really good beach volleyball players that make it look easy on the sand. And so even though I do have some success to show for it, like I really did struggle for a long time. And I think April saw the struggle. You know, it was. Not like overnight, I just figured it out. It was just a lot of going back to practice every single day and trying to get better. And, and eventually, you know, things started to click, but there was a long, you know, long stretches of time. There's a lot of things yeah. that are very different between indoor and beach. It's Wait, like can we rewind first? <laughs> because before you become a pair, there's this little text misfire that happens. Mm. That I don't think people know the story, and it's a fantastic one. Can you share? So after the whole stagecoach thing, after season, um, it's really boiling down to like, um, who's going to play together? And we start having our in-person interviews. So <laughs> I... <laughs> we had our first date. So I texted Alex and was like, hey, like, let's sit down. Let's just talk and see if our you know, motivations and values align and all this stuff. And she's um, being all professional. Yeah, that sounds great. Where would you like to meet? All, yeah, calm and collected. And... So we figure out where we're going to meet, what time, and then like a little bit later I get this long text and it's like, oh my God, April texted me, I think she might want to play with me, I'm so excited, uh, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, uh, and, she, and I write back, I'm not sure you meant to text this to me. <laughs> And she had been meaning to text somebody else, but I found out how excited she was to play with me. And so that made the meeting, for me, a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> See, that was a good text. Yeah, I know. Me. It could have been a lot worse, I guess. Right? Oh, how many of you have done a lot worse than that? <laughs> I mean, come Actually, on. Actually, ever since that time, I double-checked who I'm sending <laughs> yeah. text messages to. <laughs> if you can have any takeaway from this podcast today. Yes, double-check. Double-check your, check your text. Have to. Well, it is beyond incredible that it started with a text mix fire or at stagecoach, you become Olympic gold medalist. In the journey, was there a moment where you realized this can work? So we trained for a whole off season together and we had our first tournament um, a few months in. And But about our first tournament, because Alex had zero points, this was one of the um, maybe harder things about choosing her. She had zero points. And to get into a tournament, to qualify for the Olympics, you have to be in the main draw and make points. 
And we were- The only way you get in the main draw is by having enough entry points. And by being in the top four American teams in the US. And- So you had to make up some lost ground. Yes, and so we started, we luckily were the seventh team and there's only seven teams that are allowed to even try for these tournaments. So we had to play some American teams first, prove that we were better than those American teams. Then we had to play in the qualifier and then we could maybe get into the main draw. So- Yeah, so yeah, and, and both of those preliminary rounds, the country quota and the qualifier are single elimination. So we're playing, we flew all the way to the Netherlands to play two American teams, single elim elimination matches. Had we lost, we would have gone home with no points, Oof. no, no money. prize money, no, yeah. nothing. And so we won those two and actually, we were, we, yeah, we were losing the second one, a fire alarm went off, it was this whole thing and we came back and won. It was crazy and I was so excited and she's like, relax, this is just the country quota, like we're not <laughs> even in the tournament yet. So then the next day we played in the qualifier, also single elimination, made it through that. And I'm just like on cloud nine because I'm trying not to disappoint her. And I'm like, we're in the tournament. Oh my gosh, it's, it's a big, It is a big deal, yeah. And, and I just felt so much pressure to not let her down and to you know start our partnership off on a good note. And then we ended up going through the tournament and not losing a single match. And we won our first wow. match oh, together. Oh, and it was- tournament. Like I don't think either of us, ever thought that was possible, you know? Like we were just she taking became, it one match yeah. at a time. She became the third uh, beach volleyball player to ever do that. That's how rare really? it is, yeah, to come in through the country quota and win a tournament, so. Wow. That's, for me also, cause we had, we had been training really hard to get good before that. And we were literally losing every single scrimmage we played in practice. And in my head, I'm like, how are we gonna do this? Like, we're gonna go over there and we're gonna lose immediately. And then we go and we win the whole tournament, so. At that point, I think we were both like, this could work, you know, obviously. And then we proceed to go to the next tournament in Florida, thinking like, oh, we got this. You know, we won the last one and we got last place. So <laughs> it was a little up and down to start. What I have admired so much when I have listened to many podcasts you guys have done and when you break down your training together is you're both uber analytical and perfectionist and you talk about it, how you both want to break stuff down right away if it's not going well. And as an athlete, I, as a former athlete, I should say. <laughs> uh, you're still an athlete. Uh, thank you. Uh, once an athlete, always an athlete. Uh, you, you know, you, it can go both ways, right? It can become paralysis by analysis or um, you grow from that moment. So I'm interested in the mentality of that and how you made it work, because it can go the other way. Yeah, and I, I think sometimes too, if you have two people like that, you know, maybe it's too much, but um, I really think too, because on the beach, you're kind of your own boss and coach and manager and all these things because yeah, you hire a coach and you know, but you're really responsible for your own success in a lot of ways. And so I think because of that, we never truly rely on anybody to be, you know, the only set of eyes. We're always analyzing ourselves. And, and I do think for us, it, it really is a strength that, you know, how just we're perfectionists, which a lot of coaches kind of try to get us to go away from that because they think, you know, like great, being a perfectionist can really, you know, make you want everything to just be exactly the way it's supposed to be instead of being a competitor and, you know, getting gritty and all these things. But I do think it made us really focused and it made us um, always strive for, you know, the best outcome and the best result. And when we didn't hit that mark, it, you know, we worked even harder and it motivated us even more. And so 
Um, I, I do think it's a huge part of our DNA as a team, and I think that it's you know one of the reasons that you know every time that we got just we fell a little bit short, it made us work that much harder. Said it well once. Um, we are perfectionists, and I think it serves us in practice, and we work really hard. But when things aren't going well, which it's going to maybe seem a little ridiculous to say, but I feel like when most of the time when we're on the court, it's not really going that well. And we have to let go of that perfectionist mentality. And at that point, we just dig in our heels and we figure it out and we're okay with being messy and having it not look good or feel good and finding a way to win anyways. Wait, did you just say most of the time it's not going well? I because you go undefeated in match play at the Olympics. <laughs> you go in straight sets against Australia in the gold medal match. I mean, you guys crushed it in Tokyo. Yeah, but I think what she means, too, is that a lot of times <laughs> it doesn't feel easy, you know, and a lot of times it feels like we're really just, like, so focused but even, and so even at the So, yes, so, yes. I don't, I still don't know how we crushed everybody at the Olympics. Like, that's not how a normal tournament goes for us. Like, we were not killing the world tour when we went into the Olympics. We had two bronzes, like, in the last five tournaments. We used to have a really bad loss at the beginning of the tournament. We freak out. We, like, yeah, we have call to our sports side yeah. and, and break it all down. Um, but even at the Olympics, we would be warming up. And warming up is a huge deal. You want to get out, I mean, for all sports. But you, beach volleyball, you, you got to get out there. You have to have a strong start. Like, you don't want to start down five points. So we had a couple of our coaches playing against us in warm-ups and pretending to be the other team, having the same tendencies. And I think going into the semifinal, it was um, Alex's job was really big because this one girl, like, hammers angle. And we're like, Alex, you got to, like, block the angle. And so our one coach is just doing the best that he can. It's like his moment to shine. It's not about making Alex confident. And he, yeah, and he's like, you know, former All-American, national team player, 6'5", very athletic, very good at volleyball. And it's like he's trying, he's actually trying to beat me in warm-ups. <laughs> yeah. And she's, Dude, back it off. And she's getting so frustrated. And this going into the semifinals, and then she's mad and not talking really to me because she's just upset. Punted a ball in the, <laughs> in the river. A, these Japanese volunteers are so nice, and they count each ball meticulously after warm-ups. And Alex just picks one up and punts it into the river because she's so upset. And even on the golf cart going to the match, she's like, okay. I'm really frustrated right now. I don't feel like I'm playing very well, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have a good attitude. And then we go in, and she dominates. And then the it actually ended up being like one of my best blocking <laughs> matches. But I swear it's because we were trying so hard in warm up, and it was so competitive, and it was so challenging, and it was like, okay, I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite get it, and I kept, you know, making adjustments even in warm up to the point where once we started the match, we were really ready to go. Well, now that you've had some distance from the Olympics, what would each of you say was the most rewarding part of that journey together? I don't even feel like we've had that much time to decompress. You have, this is yeah, your first moment. It has to be it. champagne. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, the most rewarding thing was we kind of really started at ground zero. Like, I didn't know who I was going to play with after Rio. Alex you know, switched completely her sport to try and make the Olympics. She didn't really know what she was doing on the beach or what she was going to be able to do on the beach. And to kind of build our team around us. And it was very collaborative. And I just really feel like it was a creative process. And we both um, gave everything we had to it and have it come to fruition the way that it did. And to play the way that we did at the Olympics and, and kind of win in the fashion we did, it's so fulfilling. And I just... 
um, have a lot of pride in that. So just the whole journey. I feel like I can look back on the journey and be proud of everything. Wow. Yeah, and I, I think for me too, you know, like at the outset of our partnership, I don't think anyone would have really looked at my situation and said, oh yeah, you're gonna go win gold in a few years, you know? And it, it really did seem like it was, you know, a, a small percentage chance of, you know, all of this working out. and. Um, it felt like the odds were stacked against us at times, and you know I had some injuries too, and you know we really did go through some obstacles maybe that people didn't realize, and so just she, she actually had people who didn't want to play with her. I was like, thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll take her. I will. I will. Suckers. Say. Now, no, nobody exists out there now who doesn't want to play with her, but no, know, but I, I mean, I really good. was very raw at the beginning, so it really took a lot of foresight on April's part to say, okay, you know, you're not great now but I know you know I think that you can be and I think if you work hard you have everything that it takes but just you know to start on this journey and to be you know at literally the like square one and to not have anything guaranteed have no points no money no nothing no sponsorships and just to work really hard every day and and even when we were successful on the world tour and we were getting the finishes it's, there's still so much uncertainty and it's still so hard to win because only one team can win, right? And then you get to the Olympics and it still feels like anything can happen. And so the fact that I just look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, this all worked out the way that we had dreamt and the way that we'd hoped. And, you know, I think it was really so fulfilling for us because there is so much accountability on the beach. You know, you really do, you're in charge of your career and of your team and we get to choose. We make so many important choices with our coach and all these different things and there's so. no yeah i think the really unique thing about beach volleyball is there's no substitutes if you're having a bad match like you have to figure it out you can't have anybody else we can't actually even have our coach talk to us during yeah. the matches either which a lot of people don't realize and so sometimes we'll be scrimmaging a team and we'll say okay to our coach don't talk to us during yeah. this because we have to yeah. we have to prepare for how we would play in a match and in a match we're losing, we call a timeout, we don't get our coach to say, hey, this is what's happening, this is what they're doing on defense. We have to say, okay, what do you think is going on? You know, what, what can we do differently? So yeah. we are kind of coaches too, in a sense. Ah, oh, so good. Yeah, I'm so, so happy for you both, because it is rare too, to put all that work in and then reach the pinnacle of that. Let's see how rewarding though this Lynn game is for you too, because I get a little competitive, I'm gonna say out loud. <laughs> Although the spelling bee was not my best moment. So <laughs> I, I feel like you have, you have a lot of confidence coming into this. All right, we'll see if you can redeem yourself here, Julie. Okay. We are about to play a five-question trivia game. It is all multiple choice. The most important part of the game is which squeaky toy you choose. And before we go there, are you going to go head-to-head -head with Julie individually, every woman for herself, or as the, as the incredible pair that you are? What do you guys think we should do? <laughs> Oh, oh, oh right. good move. All right. Here are your options for the squeaky Would toy. Would you we like have... to pick a partner? Like, you want to get Sarah up here as your teammate? I don't something? need Spain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have the Billie Jean King elephant, the Robin Roberts boar, the blue dog, or a giraffe. I want the giraffe. Yeah, giraffe. All right. That's on brand. Jules, are you going to start with the blue like dog? Yeah, I'm. I'm oh, cheating? oh, wait, no. I think yeah, I like the I Robin think, Roberts yeah. boar. Okay. Yeah. She signed it. Yay, Robin. Every game we play has a theme. This theme is dynamic duos. You can like hold Oh, dynamic duos. Okay. Question one. What award show has- yeah, I missed the theme, I'm sorry. Dynamic duos. Oh, okay. You know of any? Mm, I'll have to think on that. 
Question one, what award show has Amy Poehler and Tina Fey co-hosted? Is it A, the Oscars, B, the Golden Globes, or C? Golden Globes. Correct. Yeah! <laughs> Is your name Team Hug? Should we go Team Hug? Yeah. All right, Team, team, team Hug up one. Okay. Question should, should we two. hug? We always hug after points. Oh, we're going to talk about hugging. Question two, what year did the movie Thelma and Louise debut? Oh. Is it A, 1981, B, 1987, or C, 1991? Ah, ah. Julie. 1991. Correct. Ah! <laughs> one to one, baby. <laughs> Question three, how many combined Grand Slams have Serena and Venus Williams won? Oh. Is it A, 25, B, 30 or C, 35? Oh, you oh. squeaked in first. Um, let's go with the Scantron Safety B. Correct. Oh. <laughs> Scantron Safety is It's C. the middle one. It's the oh, middle one. Oh, come on. That is <laughs> so unfair. up to okay. one. Two to one, two to one. Question four. On the show Laverne and Shirley, where did Laverne and Shirley work? Oh, oh, is it a, oh. A dairy farm. B, a brewery, or C, an ice cream shop? Julie. Hops Pops Incorporated. Um, so that would be oh, a brewery. Correct. Yes! Oh. Yes, baby, two to two. Give me the fifth one. It all comes down to this. Okay, we have to what show do Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston currently star in? Oh, I know this. The Morning Show. Correct. <laughs> I was slow to the responsible for this win. I love that. On episode four. Well done. Two gold medals for you. Well done. All right. Most pressing questions. Are you ready? This actually, for the first time in the history of most pressing questions, is the most pressing questions. What's behind the hugging after every point? I'll let Alex let you know. Yeah. So basically, when we started out. I just really felt like I could never, like no matter how hard I trained and no matter how much cardio I did, I just was always struggling to catch my breath on the court. I just felt like, why am I still in such bad shape? I'm doing so much, we're training every day, I'm doing weights, I'm doing you know, sprints after practice, all these things. And internationally, you only get 12 seconds between points. So it doesn't matter you know, how tired you are or whatever, the ref is ready to blow his whistle after 12 seconds. And that's really not that much time because maybe you're at the net and you have to walk back to the end line and it just, it passes so quickly. And I always felt like I was just dying. Like I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't, and April could never tell. Our coach at the time, Jen Kessie, couldn't tell. And they're like, you look fine. I'm like, well, I'm dying. Like we need to slow this down. And so a lot of Brazilians actually, they hug in between points and they really kind of take their time and they slow the pace down and so we ended up doing it as a way to stall a little bit in between plays because you technically can't start the clock until you're done celebrating so and I'm not a uh, natural hugger so <laughs> April's like <laughs> you would never guess watching us play that I don't go in for the hug all the time because we hug so much and I've gotten really used to it. It feels absolutely normal and almost essential that we do it. But sometimes we'll be in training, and this is a competition stall tactic. So sometimes Alex will like do something really great in practice and come up for the hug, and I'll be like, 
Uh, it's practice. You don't need to hug right now. We can save that. Well, you can always tell when someone's like getting really intense at practice because they like make a good play and they go in for the hug and it's like, it's like oh, this is awkward in practice. <laughs> so if you're really tired, can you be like, let's hold it a little bit. Oh, we do. We yeah. definitely do. We're like, hey, Alex breathe. will like pull away and I'll be like, wait, wait, let me breathe a yeah. few more breaths. But then sometimes too, we'll be like kind of strategizing and it gives us an extra second to, and now we really like it and now it's, I actually have adapted a lot more physically to the beach game, so I don't feel like it's as essential as it was before, yeah. but it's just such a part of our routine. That well, someone else really liked it as well. Oh, yeah. Amy oh, Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think when you saw the oh. Amy Schumer video? She's so great. She was rooting for us the whole time, and then when she did that, we just died. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really cool to have somebody as famous and funny as her, like really following us. She even did like an Instagram live, just playing our game. She posted a picture of April at the beginning. She did that kind of parody. She sent me a video on the day of our final and it, oh, yeah. it was this video and she's like on a farm and there's, you know, just like some farm animals and nobody's talking yet. I'm like, what is she sending me? Like, did she mean to send this to me? And at the end she goes, y'all are the goats. Well, there were some <laughs> no goats way. There, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was just so funny. And I was like, oh my gosh. And did she DM that to you? Yeah, she did. And I, I saved it. Y'all the goats. <laughs> okay. High, low, cheer. This is the last segment we do in the podcast. And it's going to be the high of your career, the low of your career, and the cheer is for someone you're grateful for that's helped you along the way. Start with the high. Yeah, the high for me is winning the gold medal for sure and the whole journey. The low actually was um, probably not qualifying for the Beijing Olympics. Uh, we were really close. It came down to the last tournament. We were in Russia. I can still picture it and feel it. And we ended up losing. Um, and we're just devastated. But that really was a pivot point for me and made me reevaluate everything, change a lot of stuff and got a lot better because of it. The cheers is, you know, obviously my friends and family are a huge part of my success. So that's a cheers, but a special cheers I think is to our head of beach volleyball uh, coach at USA, Vol or USA Beach Volleyball. And uh, we have our own coach who is awesome, but he kind of coaches everybody and he took a really, you know, big role on our team and spent a lot of time helping us specifically because of the pandemic and the um, Olympics getting pushed off. He had to go to the, his next job, which was at a college. And so he came back to help us before the Olympics. He'd fly, to, he'd fly back for some weekends to work with us. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he's one of the, he's the best coach I feel like I've ever had. And he um, was with us at the Olympics, huge part of it. So special cheers to all the effort. His name is in. Tyler Hildebrand. Tyler what? Hildebrand. Hildebrand. Yeah. Awesome. Yay, Tyler. Um, yeah. So my high would definitely be winning gold. I mean, it's a given. My low, it's a good I, high. my low, I would say, would be getting cut from the indoor national team in 2016, um, even though now I'm really grateful for it because it's really what made me reevaluate everything and uh, think about moving to the beach. And then my cheers, I think, would be to my friends and family. I mean, I just felt so supported through this whole journey. And, you know, we're playing abroad a lot of times. And I have friends that are waking up at 3 a.m. to watch our matches and text me, you know, great job. And they organized just the most epic viewing parties during the Olympics. And I really, 
it, like, I know there were no fans, but it felt like people were there because of the way that they were watching and cheering and supporting us. So I would say to my friends and family. Awesome, awesome. Well, I know you're finally getting this much needed break. May you have a lot of donuts, a lot of champagne in the next few weeks and take a break. Yes. Both of you, make sure you do. Thanks Doctor's for spending orders. time with us, you two. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having us. April and Alex, big round of applause. Thank you guys. Okay, that was fun <laughs> to get to do that live and in person. What were your takeaways, Lynn? I thought afterwards how I would have loved to have had that conversation over a kitchen table like the old days. Yeah. Maybe one day. We did have donuts. And then my takeaway would be that when it comes to the mentality that April and Alex have with individually and then as a partnership, their mentality, their approach, it's so interesting that they stay true to what works for them. They didn't compromise. If perfectionism, if you will, worked for them, and they also knew that they could switch to being in the moment and messy, this was really interesting how they had the ability yeah. to recognize that was their sweet spot, and they stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they mentioned that coaches had warned them that that could be a downfall, and mm -hmm. they're like, it works. We're going to stick with it, and when we have to get messy, <laughs> we'll get messy. <laughs> um, I My takeaway was I had two quick ones. One, more hugging equals more gold. So hugging leads to good things happening in life. All right, Dope Village, go out and hug, hug someone today, please. Maybe ask their permission first. No, just go hug them. Big bear hugs. <laughs> Big, sloppy, spitty bear hugs. Uh, and my second takeaway was failure and success often inhabit the same space. So April and Alex both talked about this. And it's what I love, honestly, not to toot our own pod. But it's what I love about high low cheer because the low is often what has led to the high. Mm. And Beijing was the loss that caused April to make changes and reassess and reevaluate. And it was the failure that then led her to a bronze, silver, and gold medal. And Alex said her not making the 2016 indoor U.S. Olympic volleyball team is what caused her to shift to the beach hmm. and reevaluate and reassess. Mm -hmm. So for all of you out there going through something tough that seems like a terrible failure, they inhabit the same space. <laughs> failure often leads to success. So extract the lesson. <laughs> that is my wisdom of the day. That a hackerism? Extract the lesson? Mm-hmm. Extract the lesson. Thank you, Colleen. Flash hacker. Oh. Okay, questions permitted. This comes from Twitter from someone mm -hmm. who goes by read-along stories for young learners. Mm -hmm. I think okay. you replied to it on Twitter. It was so good, though, that I wanted to bring it up in the pod. She wrote, Did you all notice how Candace Parker got the foudy bounce in that WNBA championship? Uh -huh. Appearing on Laughter <laughs> Permitted has its bennies, just saying. Mm-hmm. And I replied, I think that was actually the dope village bounce, not the foudy bounce. I love that, though. That was, that was great. 
I think we should take credit for most gold medals. Championships. WNBA titles, mm-hmm. world championships. Yeah. Without question. For sure. Yeah. So that wasn't really a question. That was just a statement. No, it said, did y'all notice? Mm, okay. Question slash statements permitted. Copy. <laughs> That's it for us this week. A big thank you to our sponsors, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods, for supporting the Dope Village. And a shout out to Kate Diaz for our theme music. She, she must cringe, by the way, when she hears me open up these shows. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Dumbass. As we pay. As we pay. I don't really care. You can do us a solid, just a reminder, by sharing your favorite episode of Laughter Permitted with a friend or 200. Let's keep the village growing, shall we? And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter Permitted. Y'all are the goats. Hey Dope Village, I am super excited to tell you about NBA Today, hosted by the one and only Malika Andrews, which is tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there will be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Ogumike, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, and Ramona Shelburne. So be sure to watch NBA Today on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. And it's even available as a podcast. So go check it out. Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and will welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swaggoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.